0: Welcome to another edition of the Business Chef Podcast. Here we are. I'm Chef Sean Boucher, as you well know, and I'm excited. I'm excited because today we are talking about food TV, and we're talking with an expert on food TV. Somebody who's been there, done that. Somebody who's been on multiple shows and knows a little something about producing food TV. So without further ado, Let's jump in and talk to the one, the only, Miss Monte Carlo.
1: Man, that's a big question. <laughs> um, uh, I got started in food in 2011 um, when I was cast on MasterChef 3 with Gordon Ramsay. Um, uh, I believe about fifty to 60,000 people auditioned that year. I had no hope of getting an apron, but for some miraculous reason, Gordon Ramsay gave me an apron, and I made it into the MasterChef kitchen with 17 other people. And we um, competed for nine weeks. I made it to the top five, and I'd never really, you know, I never really saw myself as someone that would make a living. But it completely changed my life that experience, and um i, I changed everything about my life after Master Chef. I focused on working in kitchens and uh, working in restaurants and I started teaching classes of showing people that thought they couldn't cook how to cook. I would go to colleges and teach college kids how to make meals in the dorm rooms and and became a recipe developer. And then, uh, interestingly enough, uh, FYI came calling and, and they asked me to audition for a show of theirs called Make My Food Famous. Um, I did that show and then Food Network came calling. So, and that's kind of how I ended up on, on food TV and how I ended up cooking for my life.
0: <laughs> well, you know what they say success is when opportunity. Meets preparation, or preparation meets opportunity, whichever way you you want to look at it. But uh, you're you're a great example of that.
1: And it, it was, you know, it, it, I think you create your opportunity. I, I when I was first cast on the show, when I was first given the opportunity to cook for Gordon, um, you know, you, you go to an audition, and uh, when I auditioned, it, it was very obvious that I, I had no idea, uh, about culinary terminology or technique. I mean, they were asking me questions about the five mother sauces and, you know, soupies. And I had, I had no idea what anyone was talking about. Um, I knew how to cook. I didn't think I was a master chef material, but I was at a point in my life where, um, I, I needed money. (laughs) I was, uh, my son and I were, were facing, Homelessness, And I, I'd run out of money. I couldn't find a job to save my life. And um, my friend had told me that if I got on camera for this, a reality TV show, that I would get $50 a day. So that was really my motivation. Um, but I think opportunity is what you make of it. You know,
0: sometimes you have to be really motivated. Oh, man. I mean, so cool. Such a great story. Um, and it just really goes to show you, you just never know what opportunities are going to come your way or what you what you make of your opportunities to your point. So let's let's talk a little bit about just food food TV um, and what that's done for you Uh, because I think there's a perception out there that if you're on the Food Network you're you're making all this money as a food TV star but a lot of times I think there's there's other opportunities or there's other things that come from that and and the platform that Food TV gives people leads to other t- opportunities where they actually make money?
1: Uh, I mean, it, it's not really TV, it's kind of a very small part of it. You know, it, it's really about being in the kitchen every day and cooking. And, the, you know, I'm a recipe developer, so right now I'm, I'm working for a company called Everything Food, and I'm developing recipes for them and carrying their culinary content. And so that's where my money comes from. Um, I've had a show on Food Network. I I I, I, am, I participate in shows on the Cooking Channel, and uh, I'm working on digital shows, but, you know, that's really a very small part of where my money comes from.
0: You know, I think there is another misconception out there that that it's it's kind of like you get a Food Network contract, and then all of a sudden you get these huge social media followings and uh, all these opportunities after that. I mean, I'm guessing just listening to you talk that it, you more or less had to kind of build up what you were doing to to get those opportunities. And then once you got those opportunities, it just kind of built on what you were, you were already doing. I don't think it comes easy by any means.
1: You have to work. Hard. That's what you have to give props to people like Bobby Flay or uh, Alex Shelley, or, or any of these incredible Food Network stars that have been doing it for decades are absolutely killing the game. They find. I mean, they are out there. It's not just about Food Network shows. I mean, Bobby Flay has how many Food Network shows? Like, a half dozen? And that dude still runs, you know, dozens of restaurants and he, he does all sorts of food festivals.
0: So really when it comes down to it, I mean, you have to, it, it's the the old adage, be, do, have, you have to, um, you have to become the kind of person that goes and does food festivals and run, runs restaurants and is good at TV. And as you become that person, then you get to do those things that that, that they do. Um, you know, and you have to build the following and then, you have to be that person first and and do the things that that you need to do, and then those opportunities come. And it sounds like more often than not, that's kind of what happens. That's not necessarily the exception.
1: I I think for a a lot of people that is true. You know, this day and age, if you have a YouTube audience, um, people are going to look at you. They're going to see what can they bring to the table, you know? And you do have to bring something to the table. Usually, uh, it's an audience. I think maybe 20 years ago, before this huge social media storm, things were different. And it was more about personality and how engaging you can be. And certainly, those things are still faster when it comes to TV. Um, but it's also about, you know, when we play the show, how many people are they going to engage on Instagram? How many people are they going to engage on Twitter? Um yeah so it it really is about an audience now and building yourself
0: first so talk a little bit about just kind of the nuts and bolts of food tv you know do you uh do you shoot a show and then the next week it's on the air or you know just you know tell us tell us the reality of it are you shooting a whole bunch of shows all at once um do you just show up and get going or do you Go through hair and makeup. Just talk a little bit about you know some of the nuts and bolts and things that maybe people don't know.
1: Uh, well, for me, when I when I've done Food Network shows, the way it works is you go in and you know someone does hair and makeup, and um, you, you sit down and, and at the judges' table, and then you, you work <laughs> for a full day uh, trying people's food, and when you're judging, you know, and, and the food isn't always hot because have to wait around the cameras to get their beauty shots and, and all that good stuff. So
0: well and it's interesting too because having had a little bit of experience with it, I, I think like in recipe contests and in contests where you're you're being judged or you're they're gonna be using content down the road, you have to keep in mind kind of what time of year they're they're asking for things. There was one recipe contest that I knew um, that the contest was in like, I don't know, September, October, and I knew that they would probably be utilizing the content for the December-January time frame. And so I actually did a recipe that was more geared towards that, and lo and behold, I got picked. And I think I think timing um, and knowing kind of how it works plays into your ability to really succeed or be chosen out of, out of the group.
1: No, yeah, that's a really smart way to look at it. Absolutely. You have to think about the storytelling aspect. It's a story that's being told, and you, you have to know what your place is inside that story when it comes to food TV.
0: And it's such a great way of thinking about it, you know what I mean? Because so many people, I just don't think about the storytelling aspect of it, but, but in reality, that's what it is. We're, we're entertaining people by telling a story, and I think that's why... There's so much, you know, drama and things that are interwoven into some of the reality TV shows is because you're telling a story and you're making it entertaining. So talk a little bit about um, the role that production companies play because I think a lot of people think that, oh, there's just all these lots everywhere and everything gets shot and created by the Food Network. And talk a little bit about the relationship and, and what production companies are.
1: Production companies make content, and they sell it to whoever is, you know, willing to buy it and give them a good deal for it. So there's a ton of different production companies out there, and they sell to different networks, and um, it would be, you know, impossible for someone like Food Network. They're a giant. They've got so many hours to fill um, every day of the week, 365 days a year. It would be impossible for them to create that content on all under one roof. So they do rely on production companies. And of course, um, when a production company creates the content, they have people that, at the network, at this network, that kind of look over the content and give their notes. And so it is collaborative in that way. Um,
0: so let's talk about you in particular. Like, what are you working on right now that we can look forward to to seeing?
1: John, I'm so excited about this project that I'm working on for Everything Food. I I really think it's going to be a game changer. Everything Food is an app. It's an app that um, you'll be able to go to your grocery store and check out, let's say, 15 different types of granola bars, right? And you're trying to figure out which one is the best one, which one is the one that is actually the healthiest for me and the one that is going to be best for me. And... that will be able to tell you you put uh, in the app you put you know like I hate nuts or uh I really want to eat something that has uh lots of protein and um when you put those guidelines in the <laughs> magic robot people <laughs> I have no idea these people that that uh, uh program this thing in the algorithm they're so incredibly smart I, I only really understand like three words out of every sentence that they say um they they put together this algorithm mm-hmm. that will show you exactly which is the perfect granola bar for you. Isn't that insane? And then if you score it on a scale of one to one hundred, so one hundred being the most amazing score ever, right? So let's say that you want to eat only items that score eighty and above. This app will show you all the granola bars that score eighty and above. So you're no longer feeding your family or yourself food that is low quality
0: holy smokes that is that is pretty cool
1: it's just bananas like you know i'm i make cookies <laughs> i do recipes it's so you know it's to me the fact that they can actually put together and it took them five or six years to put together the algorithm and they can put something together like this that i really believe can be a game changer for Every family uh, is just wonderful. I I mean, I don't know how much you nerd out when you go to the grocery store, but I I totally nerd out. I'm the person sitting there in the aisle looking at every single box of vanilla, trying to figure out, okay. And once I find my brand, the brand that I think is the best for me, I'm so loyal because it takes so long (laughs) to figure out which one is the right one. But but I love that I'm going to be able to use something like this to, to really hone in on Oh, what is best for me and, and my son?
0: So, how about like upcoming shows? I know you're you're involved with the the Smart Eat show. Um, so, tell us a little bit about that.
1: I've taken some ingredients that everybody has in their pantry, like um, apples, and you know, talked about how we're being catfished by some of producers in the food industry. We like you think you're giving your child really amazing choices for lunch by giving them an apple, but if it it's an apple that's been conventionally farmed, uh, it's got a ridiculous amount of pesticides on it, and there's no way to wash them off. So uh in this series, it's a really digestible digital series that's only four minutes long. I, I talk about better choice when it comes to apples and how to figure out what the right choices are for you and your family. Um, you know, when I look at our food system today, it's broken. Uh, the food system in the United States could be so much better, when you, especially when you compare it to other food systems like like in Europe. Do you know that um, American chicken, it can't be sold in Europe? It's illegal to sell American chicken in Europe because it's bleached <laughs> before uh, it hits the market. So it, for me, when I when I think about people that are coming up and they want to be in this industry, you know, I see this huge problem in food and. I say, let's put our heads together and fix it. There's no reason why the food in this country shouldn't be just as good as food in other countries. We have everything that we need to make it amazing. So if we can solve that problem, I think you'll really doing well.
0: Oh, man. Well, thank you so much for your time today. You are an inspiration to everybody for all that you do, all that you've done, all that you stand for. And uh, definitely look forward to possibly catching up with you in the future. If people want to follow you or if they want to know more about you uh, or possibly connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: that that's so sweet. <laughs> you can always follow me on Instagram. All my social media is demonticarlo, T-H-E-M-O-N-T-I, Carlo. And um, I also have a website called demonticarlo.com or my recipe site that's dedicated to Puerto Rican recipes, Island Girl Cooks
0: well another big thank you for all that you have contributed today and uh, best of luck to you in the future and all your endeavors
1: thanks so much dude have a great rest of your day
0: hey thanks for sticking around